Hey everyone, you're listening to Reina's podcast. My podcast is for entrepreneurs to find motivation, resources, and business tips. The entrepreneur journey is not easy, but I hope that this podcast can encourage you to keep going and to remind you que si se puede. Thank you for joining me today. And if you've been listening to the other episodes, I hope you really have enjoyed them. Lots of incredible content that all of these incredible people that I've been meeting and interviewing, I just love them so much. And I think, you know, they can totally benefit you some way, somehow. And if not, you can share the episode to someone that you can think of um, that it can benefit benefit as well. Today I'm interviewing Taylor who is an attorney and really focuses on small businesses, entrepreneurs, people who are just getting started and and have several legal questions, right? When you're first getting started, you have no idea what you're doing and you just but you also are like nervous like is this even legal or like contracts? I think that is so important and she her focus is helping and accommodating that community for startup entrepreneurs because attorneys are very expensive it's and they're very very valuable but she's creating a new system a new way to you know pay for her pay her for her services but also make it affordable and understanding and accommodating for those who are just getting started and if you do not follow her on social media I definitely encourage you to follow her because she shares a lot of free information about maybe on a daily basis that can really help you so we're going to be talking about you know the first steps to protect your business trademarking your business name again going over contracts and copywriting what to do if someone steals your content and even she even shares tips before going into grad school or law school if maybe you are thinking of going you know getting your higher education and continue your education just tips that she recommends from her experience so it can help both you know if you're an entrepreneur or you know you want to continue education this is just a great a great episode for that. At the end of the episode, I will be announcing a giveaway that I'll be doing and collaborating with Taylor. So stay tuned for that if you're interested in the fabulous giveaway that we're going to be doing. Very, very valuable. Let me just say that this giveaway is actually worth $350 and we are going to be giving it away to a special person who wins and follows the rules and follows, well, the giveaway rules, right? We don't really like to follow rules as entrepreneurs, but the giveaway rules. Um, So definitely stay tuned for that. Listen to the episode, leave a review, show some love. If you're listening to this episode on iTunes, definitely leave a review, rate it. Um, You can also follow me, my personal page. And I appreciate you just taking the time 
I hope you enjoyed the episode and here we go. Taylor, I would love for you to introduce yourself, where you're from and things like that. Absolutely. Um, first, thank you for having me. I've only done like one other podcast interview mm-hmm. and to me, they're like still really exciting. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for um, joining us. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um yeah, I'm an attorney, born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, I went to undergrad in Philadelphia, actually. I played softball my whole life. Oh, wow. And I was, yeah, I was recruited to play softball at the University of Pennsylvania. So that's how I ended up in Philadelphia. Yeah, so that's that a pretty good school. Um, and then I came home back to LA because my parents wanted me to come back. Obviously, I got a Mexican mom, so she's like, "Get your butt back here." <laughs> <laughs> and um, I went to law school in LA. It's a school called Southwestern Law School. It's pretty close to downtown LA. Um, and I graduated. When did I graduate? You graduated like 2015. And then after you graduate, you take the bar exam. I took the bar exam after I graduated and then I passed the following, I think, however many months later you get your results. Um, wow. So yeah, I've been, and it's like, I, I've heard it's like the hardest bar exam in the country. Us, Cal- California and I think New York have the hardest exams. And California actually used to be a three-day exam when <laughs> I took it. Now it's now it's a two-day, but I, it's just as hard. There's still just as many people failing as before, which is not... Yeah great but it's difficult <laughs> I passed I uh, was admitted to practice law in California in December 2015 so I've been an attorney for almost a full four years and why did you choose to be an attorney I people always ask me this and I always go to this go-to answer of because I don't really remember when I was younger but my mom tells me that I used to just tell her I wanted to be an attorney Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of trust her on that but I feel like when I got to undergraduate um, I had a lot of friends that were like going to go to med school and that was really inspiring slash intimidating and I just was kind of freaking out like what am I supposed to do oh mm-hmm. I have all these really smart friends what are they doing so I, I was looking into law school um, and then I, it, I, I was a really good writer and to be an attorney, you have to be a good writer. It's not all just like going to court, showing up and arguing. But yeah, I just kind of found myself in law school. And then, I mean, I went to law school like a year after I went, I graduated undergrad. So I know a lot of people have uh, the, not, I don't want to call it a benefit, but a lot of people like wait to go to grad school a couple years after they finish undergrad. And I feel like that's such a a good thing if that's an option for people because you have time to like really think about what you want to do. I kind of just went into law school like a a sheep (laughs) thinking like I should, I need to go into grad school for something, but you know, you go through it and you come out and you find kind of your niche area. And what about like in law school, how did you stay motivated? That was really hard because law school was, I mean, the I don't I don't know how most law schools do this, but like our orientation, they basically like scared us into we have to work so hard or we're gonna get kicked out. Like it was terrifying, and I remember coming home that first day of orientation, just thinking like I'm not gonna be able to do this. 
I'm not going to be good at this. I'm not going to pass my classes. And I had come from like a pretty good undergraduate university. And I can only imagine like what everybody else was thinking, you know, this is going to be really hard, but I think they do that to kind of gear you into working hard. Um, a lot, I, my, my law school is, it's not like a top 10 law school by any means. It's a really good school. Yeah. Um, and in, in LA, it's, it's a pretty good law school, but it's not like a top 10 school, but so they cut like, at least my year, they cut like half of the, the first year law students if you didn't get good enough grades. So it's very scary your first year. Wow. But I, I, I just was very freaked out. So I actually joined the uh, Latino Law Student Association. Because okay. I just was like, yeah, I was like, I need friends. I need people that are going through the same thing. And you just kind of like cling on to whoever you have, like your classmates or your or people in the same group as you and, and you get through it. It's, it's tough, but it's definitely, if that's somebody's like dream, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. And what made you want, so what do you specialize? Cause in, as an attorney, you know, there's, everyone has like their niche or something mm-hmm. that they're more dedicated to and focus on what is yours. So I currently specialize in assisting uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I kind of like to explain it to people like I'm the in-house counsel kind of for a, for a small business. Yeah. Um, bigger companies like, like Walmart and Pepsi and stuff, they all have attorneys in-house that do all their legal stuff for them. But a small business, either you know, they're they're all they're doing all their contracts and their legal stuff on their own, um, which I get it. It's really expensive in the beginning, but you know, once you kind of get up and and going, and and you realize you need to invest in in getting yourself legally legally prepared and protected, um, then I'm there to help with, with you know guide them through like the things that they might need, like. Uh, actually registering for a business entity or like trademark and copyright contract review and drafting. Um, so I, I help with all the stuff that like a, a normal in-house attorney would do um, just, you know, it's a little different because it's a small business versus a bigger business. And why do you, why did you want to focus on small businesses? I had, I had been working in law firms, Uh, doing mostly consumer protection law and I got a very good taste of like what I guess the other side of what a business is facing legally Mm -hmm. Um, my firm my firms were suing like big car companies or big banks or big credit card companies but I saw that all these same laws that apply to the big companies they obviously all apply to smaller businesses and if you know if a big company is is violating laws and don't, they don't even know it like a small business is probably violating the same thing and they don't even know it so that's kind of why I like steered into that direction and I've always been more interested and I know a lot of people get bored with like contracts and stuff but that's I love that stuff <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's that's where my like bread and butter specialty is that's crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, hey, everyone has like their thing. And I think that's awesome that, you know, and this is important to know for those who are listening and 
interested in building a team, you know, and all like mm-hmm. eventually you got to think big, like, yes, we're mm-hmm. small businesses, but like you will need to have a lawyer at some point in your life. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's also important to think about, yeah, like it's important to see who specializes in what. And that's awesome that because you're always going to have to have contracts involved. So I want to know what are like the first steps to get your business protected? Like, what do you feel as a first, you know, startup business? Like what's the top three things that you need to have? So I would say if you're like just, just starting, um, I know that's the really exciting part. Like you're getting your business name. If you're, if you have a, like a unique one, and you're getting your logo and stuff and your like your marketing and all your brand, everything like you're getting that together. That's, that's like a really fun part of starting your business. But what you have to think about is, you know, some people do a search for their business name um, and just kind of like Google it and make sure that nobody else is using it, which is, it's a good first step. But if you're spending a lot of time and money and investing a lot into your business, you really, really should do like a proper business name search. So that includes like if you're in California, I'm a California licensed attorney, so um, I can't really speak for other states, but in California, in California, um, you go through the secretary of state, you make sure that nobody else has the same business name um, and that's another step that people sometimes know to take, but the the most important step I would say is to do like a full comprehensive actual trademark search for the name that you're using. Um, and that goes hand in hand with trademarking uh, your business name okay. because you want to, you want to not only make sure that you're using a name that nobody else is using, but also that you can actually protect the name that you want to use yeah so like if you've picked a business name and you just kind of googled it quickly or if you just check like all right does anybody on instagram have this name no cool let's let's move forward Mm. and then you're like six months into your business yeah and somebody sends you a cease and desist letter and they're like hey you can't use that name i own the rights to that name you're gonna freak out because you've spent god knows how much time and money so it's really important to you know, do the proper search. Um, And you can, I mean, that's something that you can do on your own if you know how, but the best way to do it usually is to go through um, a trademark attorney, somebody that handles stuff like that. So they can send you like all of the right information and tell you like, look, I think, you know, let's, let's go ahead. The, The name is clear. Or they're going to tell you like, hey, by the way, somebody else is using a name similar to this or exactly what you're using. So like, let's kind of maybe rename it somehow. Because I've seen like I've I've had clients like I had a client call me the other day. She's like, I had to rebrand something. I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. But she like we had it. She had gone through. She just had like me look at like a contract or something. But she told me that she had to like rebrand everything like oh no (laughs) yeah and that takes so much time I mean it's doable but it's something that could have been preventable right um yeah it's like you're spending I mean I know a lot of people I don't know I mean sometimes people don't spend too much on marketing but like 
and people spend money on you know creating the logo creating like yeah the avatar client is like that's money that's going to go out the window if you have to do that again what is the second advice i would say so i think like checking the name and then actually like trying to register that name for the trademark those would be like one and two and then number three i'd probably say is just like make sure you're using contracts everything you possibly can um just because you know and and there's like there's templates online it's obviously better to to have an attorney you know either give you a contract or look at one that you're using but you know there's templates online that you can find just like make sure that you're using them if you're especially if you have a business partner if you are doing like a some type of collaboration with someone um anything where it's not just like you working on something by yourself you probably should have some sort of contract in place that is huge huge like my personal experience like yes you can start off i've collaborated with other people and it's hey you're gonna do this and you're gonna do this but it's not official until it's like on paper and then it can lead to just like not a clear (laughs) a clear you know fun experience so and that was going to be my next question like what exactly advice you give on contracts and stuff and well it depends right mainly I guess when it comes to like collaborating I think that's one thing especially if you're starting out you like collaborate collaborate a lot what when do you know you should do a contract is it like all the time or I don't know. Or how do you even present it to someone? Because I would think, you know, let's say you're like friends with someone, mm-hmm. but then you kind of like, wow, I'm going to do this contract. Like, I don't know. Maybe they could take it the wrong way. Or, or how do you feel like someone should present that they want to have a contract between each other? I mean, it's always going to, especially if you're working with friends or like family on something, it's always going to be awkward. But you just kind of have to imagine like the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not the most fun thing to do, but just like imagine that whoever the friend is that you're working with, like they don't follow through and it ends up costing you like money or costing you your reputation. You're going to be really upset that you didn't ask them for a contract. That's so I mean, like, like nine times out of 10, usually things don't go wrong. But that one time you're going to be like, oh, I should have had a contract. And it's, it's way, I think it's when you, when you want to ask someone to use a contract or if you want to put one in place and you feel awkward about it, I think you feel more awkward than it actually is. Because, I, I mean, I'm expecting them most of it. I'm always just expecting to get hit with a contract for something. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, were, I was, uh, my boyfriend's in... Um, kind of like the music industry and he was working with some friends on a project and I told him I was like you better get a contract in place so he asked them about it and they got really weird about it mm-hmm. and it turns out like five months later they found out that like that guy that got really weird about it like backed out and caused a bunch of financial issues mm-hmm. so usually the people that are like really weird about it sometimes they're maybe not being like trustworthy or you probably can't count on them but most people are are willing to enter into one if they don't have anything to hide or if they're not nervous about anything later. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think 
also I have to, and I like in my journey, I've like, this is at the end of the day, it's business. And it's kind of like, yes, mm -hmm. we're friends. Like, you know, that's a separate relationship, but then a business relationship, then it's totally different. And I think it's like out of just respect and just to be safe. And I think in my opinion, anyone that has an issue with the contract, like I don't really want to work with them. It's like, right. they could be at that point where yes, like we do need it. Like yet. And I'm sure cause they've had past experiences. So, and what advice do you give on copywriting? So I know you talk a lot about that, especially with like yeah. reposting and stuff. Yeah. So there's like, I, I look at it like there's two sides of a coin with copyright issues. So you want to make sure that either it's like yourself or your business, or if you have somebody doing your marketing for you, um, you want to make sure that you're not infringing on other people's copyrighted material. So that a lot with like Instagram posts, there's ways to make sure that you can repost or reach. Let's say you are like an apparel business. Yeah. And you do most of your marketing advertising on Instagram and you want and you see like, oh, one of my customers posted a really cute photo in my shirt. I just kind of want it. And they tagged me and I just want to use it and put it on my page mm -hmm. to ask them permission to use that photo. Even if they tag you, that doesn't automatically mean that they give you the right to use that photo. You just want to make sure that like anything you're not, anything you're not personally making or creating or taking a picture of, ask yourself, where am I getting this from? And do I have permission to use it? Usually, if you haven't asked somebody for it, you need to make sure. It, and there's a bunch of different like copyright laws, things in like out in the world. There's, it's, there's a bunch of different laws that if you want to talk to an attorney about it and want to know that stuff, like go right ahead, but it's a little confusing. I just like my rule of thumb is like either use your own stuff or make sure you have permission to use something else that wasn't created by you. Yeah, definitely always worth it to have create your own. And if reposting, I think it, that's huge, especially with social media. I personally like when I shared something and I, it sucks when you don't know who it is <laughs> when you're like, wait, or I don't know, like they just yeah. shared something or it, it's an art piece or something. Um, but definitely just kind of giving credit or somehow just showing that you made like the effort to acknowledge the person who did it. And like nine times out of 10, again, if you take something from the internet that doesn't specifically like belong to someone or you can't track down who it belongs to, like, are you going to get in trouble? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that somebody, like if you have a really popular account, like this happens to movie stars all the time like they use they repost photos paparazzi photos of themselves mm. and they haven't asked permission to use those photos and then they get sued by the photographer who took that photo oh and wow. you know you're you're thinking like that's a photo of them why can't they use it yeah photo and because they're famous, the photographer sees that they're using it so like a lot of copyright infringement goes on that like nobody even knows about but it's just especially if you are a business and you have a reputation and people know about you you don't want to be like taking stuff without asking permission wow that's really really important and what I know like these are incredible tips that I think everyone can start implementing 
And when it comes to the marketing aspect, like you can ask me and like what tools you can use to make your own, um, <laughs> your own content. But definitely also I want you to touch on what do you feel like is the most common mistake? Like I know these are definitely steps to get started, but what do you feel like that you're seeing right now? You, you know, you're like on social media and you're like, oh my gosh, like don't do that. What do you feel like is the most common one? <laughs> see on Instagram and I see people tag me in times where people are just taking each other's photos um, and not like sometimes it's not even on purpose. I would say that if you have like a photo that you've taken on Instagram and somebody else takes that and uses it, I would say like, try and like calm down and don't panic first because the worst thing you can do is like write a post a bunch of comments like put them on blast um I know that it's really infuriating to have that happen um but there's like there's ways that you can protect yourself so that that doesn't happen um Mm. but if it does if it does happen just kind of like try and approach it calmly and I would say, like, go through, and I think I've posted something about this, like, what to do if, if somebody steals your stuff. It's just to, like, not, don't, try not to, like, react on yeah. social media. Because that's, like, social media is great for so many things, but it also, like, puts you on blast when you're calling somebody out and, like, people screenshot and you can't just, like, delete stuff. So yeah. I would just say, like, if something bad happens, don't react yes <laughs> like wait think it through like talk to talk to maybe an attorney if you think that they're like if they took something of yours but that's what I would say definitely love it and this is why you are on my podcast so people can and I know there's a lot of people <laughs> who have these issues and the best part is you're focused on like small businesses you know and I've I've met a lot of attorneys but they're just doing their own thing and, or something, you know, they focus on other type of issues or other type of legal issues. So, but I love that. I finally found one that's focusing on small businesses. So, and very, very great and valuable information. So I want to move towards now, like the mindset and entrepreneurship, because I think, you know, you're, you're growing your brand and I feel in some way like you're your own entrepreneur, right? As well. You're an attorney, but definitely an entrepreneur. So a few questions that I have is tell us right now, like what motivates you to continue doing what you're doing? Like my initial motivation with, with my law practice was just to be able to like help small businesses that maybe they're don't have the knowledge about this stuff, you know, don't know about it. But as I'm, I I just kind of started using social media as a way to just try and educate people on, on legal issues that they might not know about. Yeah. But I think yeah. what's, what's been really, I guess, like motivating and inspiring so far is the reaction from people when like they learn something that they had no idea about. And I'm, and I like think it's obvious because I deal with it every day. Yeah. But somebody's like, Somebody will be like, oh my gosh, that post was so, so helpful. I had no idea. Or they like share it with other people. And it's really inspiring to me that I'm like, wow, I took like 10 minutes to post something, but that like changed the way somebody is now handling something in their business. So that's been, that's been probably like my favorite part. Mm, I love that. And you're definitely like the way you explain it 
it's not like this crazy like what the heck is she talking about it's like <laughs> very thorough and i think you you explain it very well and also definitely like problems that people face every day so um i'm like really really happy that you started your social media account <laughs> and that you're educating the community because this is a lot of people obviously it's like or especially like in the within the latino community i mean they mm-hmm. have businesses like we're hustlers but just you know like legal stuff it can get like we don't know and and i think i know it's not for many people it's not the funniest thing ever but um mm-hmm. i think it's just really yeah, it's like it's important it's not fun and it's not like i've heard a lot of other attorneys say that it's like not the sexy side of starting your own business yeah. And it's even like even doing my own thing, like my like concentrating on like marketing stuff and like my posts are way more fun than my business entity and taxes together. Like that's not the fun part. Yeah. But there's ways to at least be aware of it. I think like the first step I wanted to make was like have people even be aware of stuff like this. Cause I started to like I would go to different like like those creative market things in LA or like those pop-up shops and I'm like wow these these like women have businesses and they are killing it and they're they're awesome but I'm like I don't know if they are doing what they need to put to protect their stuff or like I see like people's websites and I'm like oh but you need to have this and you know I'm it's just I just want there to be some sort of awareness first you know, that's like the first step, like, all right, I know I need to have this stuff. Maybe I can't afford it right this second, or like, maybe I don't want to deal with it, but at least I know about it and I'm going to get to it. How do you keep like a positive mindset throughout this entrepreneurship journey and just throughout your whole entire journey? Cause you, you know, you had to face a lot of obstacles, but what keeps you positive? I think like something that my mom would always tell me if you like, I guess when it comes to like, if you look around and you're comparing yourself to other people and you kind of get into like a funk, she would always think about, you know, there's always going to be people like beneath you and above you. So, you know, you're never going to be like at the top. So if you always have that mindset, you're always going to just be in a negative headspace. Mm. So like comparing yourself to other people, is I know it's really hard not to do, especially if like, you know, our work is a lot of it's done on social media. And that's, that's a place that you can get, like, lost in a black hole very quickly. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just kind of, like, grounding yourself and recognizing, like, all right, you know, r- reminding yourself of the things that you're, you're really good at and the accomplishments that you've had. And it's so true because we're always it's, – it's, like, the mindset of, like, it's never an ending journey and you're always, like, improving yourself. Tell us about the most lesson you ever learned from one of your mentors and like how did it help you become the person you are today? One of my mentors, she's not even she's not even an attorney. And I think that's actually a good thing to to kind of keep in mind is like I know a lot of people strive to have mentors in, in areas of work that they're in, but yeah. it's also good to have them in other areas that you're not in because there's just like a totally different perspective on how to handle stuff. But um, one of my really good friends from college, she was like four or five years old than me. 
She is like the best networker I have ever seen. <laughs> and she just knows like everyone. She got her, she, I think she currently is like one of the financial analysts for the Lakers. Um, she just like networked her and she told me like, she was working for the Clippers and now I'm working for the Lakers. I was like, how did you get your job? And she said, I just cold, cold call emailed somebody on LinkedIn and like asked if they needed somebody. I was like, what? (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay. And that was something that really changed my approach to at least at the time when I was interviewing for law firms, because I was just sticking to like, you know, who had, who's looking for somebody and who's actually actively, you know, putting out um, feelers for, for attorneys. But instead of like waiting for the opportunity to come to me, I was like, I'm just going to start asking people that I know if they know of any openings or just like send your resume somewhere, just like go talk to people and, you know, make, make connections. That's super powerful. I love that. And it really is like, you just have to go out and ask. And LinkedIn is also shout out to LinkedIn. You help (laughs) very like people. I don't think people really know how powerful LinkedIn is, but very, very powerful. Yeah. You can like, you can like direct message, like very powerful people. (laughs) Yeah. My friend asked, um, the Huffington Post, like the founder of the Huffington Post, like, hey, how can I, I wrote an article, I want to share it. They literally sent the application and now his articles for the Huffington, Huff, I can't say <laughs> that word, Huffington Post. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, yeah. it, there's, some, there's something to be said for just like, I wouldn't advise like cold calling people. Yeah. But like, e- not not like calling. Cause I don't know if people like calling, but like emailing or messaging. Um, there, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, if I was someone like looking to hire people, and I had like a bunch of applications, and like somebody messaged me, that's probably going to get to me sooner than me sifting through all the bunch of applications. And if you stand out, then you stand out. That's true. I love that. If there was a magic reset button that relates to starting your journey, what systems would you go back and place sooner rather than later? And why? I honestly probably would have done some more research on like, I, I kind of just like went into to law school without even really looking at like how many people were hiring attorneys. Like when I came out of law school, there was not many job positions open. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe sometimes get kind of stuck on like what they should do versus like what is um, like what's practical. Yeah. And I kind of like had these blinders on like, no, I'm going to go to law school and it's going to be fine. And in three years, there's going to be more job openings. Like there there wasn't, (laughs) I had to wait. Like I I was able to get a job, but I had to wait like two years for there to even be like better openings. Oh my God. And I, I kind of told this to my brother because he wanted to go back to grad school. I was like, you know, do your research and make sure that like what you want to do, there's actually job positions. Cause I know there's like this romanticized, you know, way of thinking like, well, there's going to be open positions or, you know, like I don't have to work and I'm going to find a, an opening for me. It's like at the end of the day, you got to like be able to, to, to make the money and like bring home the bacon. So yeah, make, 
make sure that there's like opportunities in the areas that you're looking to. And if that means like have a side hustle, then have a side hustle. That's so true. So do your research. And this goes for anything like, like you said, like even the name, (laughs) your business name, (laughs) um, like really doing, and maybe if you have a business idea, like maybe there's already a business out there that's doing it. Yeah. Like be, like, and you know, if you find somebody else that's doing the same thing as you, like, that's fine. Just make sure you're not, you're not the same name and, you know, make, maybe look at what they're doing and see if there's something that you can implement in your own business. Like yeah. just be aware, you know, of your competitors and like what's going mm-hmm. on. What do you feel is one strategy that, if business owners and their teams could consistently apply every day would compound into big wins for them? I'm thinking, I mean, I just, at the, I've been in law firms where there's just like really bad communication <laughs> and it's, it's, I think people are scared to change the status quo of like how things are already working. Yeah. They're kind of in denial that you know maybe this isn't working and maybe we should try something else like I was I was at a law firm a couple years ago and we would have weekly meetings but they weren't productive for like 90% of the meeting and instead of cutting the meeting short they just continued to like waste an hour of everybody's day (laughs) and it it's not only being like was non-productive but it also created this sense of like all the other attorneys were like why do we even have to be here like this meeting is pointless. So it's not only like not being productive in that moment, but you're creating bad morale mm. just for not like analyzing and trying to figure out a better system for what you're doing. Yeah. And especially for like smaller businesses, like you're growing so rapidly all the time that, you know, maybe something that worked for you alone like a month ago isn't going to work now that you've like doubled in size and you have two, three employees, you're just going to be changing so quickly. It's good to keep an eye on, you know, what is changing, what's working, what's not working. I love that. Yeah. Like consistently checking in and I think slow. I mean, I, I, my last law firm, like let me work remotely and like the quality of life being able to work remotely versus being forced to stay in an office is just a lot and like the fact that I know that they trust me enough that I can just work whenever I want yeah that that in and of itself like makes me feel a lot better Um, so you know like like my parents didn't understand the whole I work remote thing because they got have these like old-fashioned mindsets of like you need have to be in an office from nine to five or else you're not working yes (laughs) <laughs> like you're not actually working from nine to five if you're in an office you're like on your phone doing other stuff you're still just as distracted <laughs> yeah that's so true and I know you've been working on some very exciting projects and as you prepare for like the next 12 months bring us up to speed on what's new and what you have uh, in the future so I'm trying to work on I do a bunch of like a la carte services for my clients okay. right now um, so it's kind of like you know do you need a contract with you to drafted um, you know and then then from there that starts the conversation about well maybe we should look at your trademark stuff um, and you have like an LLC so it's kind of been like piecemeal but I'm working on 
a like mini general counselor, like a mini in-house attorney kind of like membership for my clients where they can just hire me and they can have pretty much all email access to me like whenever they want. Mm. That's something that I like to do. That's my firm um, protocol is like I do front like flat I, so that like because I like I feel uncomfortable billing somebody for my hours and they don't know how much I'm going to charge until I'm done um, and I think it's just better to be upfront about it so allowing I think taking that to the next step is like giving someone like a monthly fee and being like look you get access to me over email for like whatever you want whatever comes up um, along with like some other packages but I think like tailoring my services <laughs> to my clients yeah um, that's that's I mean that's like the the entrepreneurial side of what I'm doing which is still difficult because you know I have to I have to figure out my own business plan and I have to figure out like what's working what do clients want what do they need and that's like it's not that stuff is not any easier because I'm an attorney it's just as hard for me (laughs) as it is for anybody else and this is so I love this because this is for people who are also like you know doctors or just yeah also an attorney like and eventually want to just open up their own practice like it's totally different like yes you have the skills and the knowledge and now you're trying to open up a business so you're like running both um Mm -hmm. so this is a great also episode for those who or even like a therapist or things like that who want to eventually like work on their own and it takes time and I think you're doing an amazing job. I'm just like going to hype you up all day, every day. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. I was like going through your social media. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love it. Um, well, luckily, that's the part that I really enjoy is like posting. Like the social media part of it is the most fun for me. Yeah. But like on the back end, like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like how I'm getting my accounting stuff together. <laughs> like all this other stuff. Like I keep telling people. Um, I went to get like a separate banking account and attorneys have to have like a separate type of trust account. And I walk into the bank and like, they don't teach you this stuff in law school. So I just like walk in and I'm like, I don't know, I think I need like a separate account. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, I felt really stupid. And I'm just like, you know, this stuff is not, I mean, it would have been nice if they were like, all right. I'm going to explain this to you. But I think because I was like, I'm an attorney, they just assumed that I knew what that was. I had no idea what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another big advice. Like, don't feel afraid to feel, there's going to be a lot of those moments, but (laughs) like even the questions. And I want to know what is your favorite quote or lesson you can share with us that helps you keep focused and throughout the day? Like opening my own practice, I was asking a bunch of friends that are attorneys that have their own practice. And I was asking, you know, even like I found attorneys on social media that are still like very helpful if I don't know how to do something. Cause like not all attorneys know how to do every single legal thing. Yeah. Um, so like my, I had a question about something and I asked another attorney that I know and I was just like, I feel like I should know this. And she's like, you're never going to know absolutely everything. Yeah. And she's like, that's why they call it the practice of law. <laughs> and I think, I think that she's like, we're practicing. We don't, we haven't like mastered it. And that really that's made me so feel a lot better because it's true, but that's like, true. It's 
everything. Like nobody knows absolutely everything. Yeah, and things are always changing where there's, like, (laughs) different scenarios and every case is different. Um, Every business is different. So I love that she told you that so you could, like, like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) I was like, all right, I don't feel inadequate anymore. Thank you. (laughs) I've been at a couple different law firms, and the last one that I went to, my main reason for picking that firm was because the pay was, was pretty good. And I think once you're in that position and you see like all the other stuff that's wrong, like I know a high paycheck is a very alluring thing sometimes, mm-hmm. but like that was the worst experience I've ever had at a law firm. Like hands down, it was just terrible quality of life. I wasn't working out. I didn't have time to do anything. And like, you just kind of do a self check. Like, what am I doing <laughs> with my life? Like, how can I apply what I know and what I do and what I'm good at to something that's going to be beneficial all around? Like you're really into self-care right now mm-hmm. and like mental health, it's grow. you know, that that's super important. How do you practice self-care with? Yeah, I, I mean, I was like an athlete and I was working out and exercising like every day all the way up until I was like 21, 22. Yeah. And then, I, you know, continued kind of doing my own workouts. And then the minute I stopped was the minute, like the minute I stopped working out frequently was when I went to that law firm for the paycheck. And Mm. like, I just like my whole family, like was just kind of like, you know, you seem really sad, like what's wrong? And I just was like, I'm not sad. I know what you're talking about. But then I left that firm and I like started working out again. And my mood just was like so much better. And it doesn't, I mean, I do Pilates frequently, like I, I'm obsessed with Pilates, but it doesn't yeah. even have to be like, it doesn't even have to be like working out. I know that's what a lot of people do to de-stress. It's proven to help, but um, it doesn't even have to be that. It has to, like whatever you find that is like your little hour or two of the day that like, I know a lot of people meditate. I should probably figure out how to get it, get into that. Yeah. Um, or just like sitting quietly like even if you just like watch tv for an hour and that's like your thing like make sure you find like your thing to do totally everyone has like their own little self-care even I sometimes I'll just while while I'm eating if I if I'm at home I'll just watch like an episode of friends and it's like yeah three minutes <laughs> it's like gets my mind off of everything just watching the show and laugh and then okay back to work (laughs) (laughs) you you work out too I see you yes that workout (laughs) like no working working out like has if I don't work out like I become a monster no (laughs) (laughs) no seriously I get really really rude if I don't work out for like two days in a row I get really like short with people I get like kind of bitchy I think it's like my it's like just stress because I mean just so many things are going on and it's like a stress reliever I feel just accomplished I don't know but Mm -hmm. it's not only like physical and then obviously you like feel good you look good yeah so many things it's good for you awesome and so do you have any last words you'd like to share any last things so if anybody ever wants to like go get coffee or anything, I, I work from home and I work, the only uh, office mates I have are my dogs. 
So like my human interaction level is pretty much limited to like whatever I do on social media. So I'm yeah. always down to get like coffee or something. All the tips you shared were super incredible. And I know if anyone ever is interested in even getting, I know do you offer consultation, like quick little consultation calls, right? Or just to see where people are at. In yeah, I do. I do like a 20 minute consultation call. That's mostly for people that are like, I have this one thing that I need help with. And we just hop on a call and connect and make sure we're on the same page. like you have a little bit more clarity on where to get started on you know going the right direction in this legal in the legal aspect of starting your business right it can be so confusing so overwhelming but tailored totally makes it not so complicated right something that is kind of can be complicated she makes it simple for us to learn and I totally encourage you to sign up to her newsletter, follow her on Instagram, which I will be sharing in the show notes. And also, now special announcement for all of those who stayed till the end of the episode, there will be a giveaway going on. So what the giveaway is, it will be a one hour consultation with Taylor. And like I said, this is a $350 value. And in the consultations, this is specifically guiding you on what steps you should take for your business, right? This one hour consultation guiding you. So if if you have, you know, an apparel business versus me, like I have a podcast or if you do events or you want to do collaborations, any just questions, you have the opportunity to talk to an attorney and go through the right direction. She normally does only 20 minute consultations but she is so so generous and is doing a free one hour consultation with her valued at 350 dollars so i highly encourage startup entrepreneurs out there to just ask your questions take advantage of it so to enter the giveaway again you will need to go to my instagram hola underscore reina tag three friends and we'll go from there and you'll be entered to win and then you can actually tag as many friends as many times as you want so you can continue like for example you put three friends and then another comment three friends and another comment and that actually gives you more chances of winning so that would be a great 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 opportunity for you to really learn and again prepare yourself legally in this business world so Hope you enjoy the episode. Please leave it a review, subscribe to the podcast, and have a wonderful, wonderful week.